had never been. When the time came to leave Petrograd, Anna had talked to the children of their villa and estate, painted a rosy picture of what it was like, and so the children, at least, had been happy to leave slushy Petrograd behind, unaware of the true reason for their flight. In the old days they had travelled in luxury, with their own compartments and sleeping quarters on the train, and a mountain of luggage Mikhail's mother swore they could not possibly do without. But the journey from Petrograd in 1918 had been accomplished in a packed freight train, with only the luggage they could carry between them. Their travelling companions had been a strange mixture. Wealthy kulaks in fur coats, stockbrokers in suits and suede shoes, shopkeepers with nothing left to sell, former servants, army deserters, priests deprived of their status, peasants in tunics and felt boots, all living together in the close confines of what appeared to be a cattle truck. The train had stopped frequently, and people would jump down and wander up and down the line, anxiously asking, "'Why have we stopped?' and they would try to buy food and water before being hustled back on board and the train jerked into motion again. There had been a very long wait in Kiev, where everyone was on tenterhooks, while papers were scrutinised, and some passengers taken off under guard, for what misdemeanour no one knew. More people had crammed on the train, and after another twenty-four hours of hanging about, during which they dared not leave their places except one at a time to answer the call of nature, they had set off again. By the time they had arrived at the house, some thirty-six hours later, they were all exhausted, bruised and very hungry, having eaten what little food they had brought with them early on in their journey, expecting to be able to buy more. But all Mikhail had been able to obtain was half a loaf of stale bread, and a lump of goat's cheese. Kirillo was a large white villa, the hub of an extensive estate, and had once been opulent. Servants had cared for it, had scrubbed the floors, beaten the heavy Persian rugs, polished the furniture, and cooked delicious meals. But now it was run down and faded, the paint was scuffed, the windows and much of the beautiful furniture had been broken. The four-poster beds, the elegant wardrobes and chests, the red plush sofas and armchairs, the grand piano, the pictures and ornaments had nearly all been burnt or looted. Outside, the garden was rank and overgrown. Its surrounding parkland had been seized by the peasants and shared out between them. The trees had been felled and sawn up for firewood, and crops were growing, where once stately poplar, lime, and oak had grown. A carriage and a droshky still stood in the coach-house, presumably because the peasants had found no use for it. But without horses, both were useless. Mikhail was glad his parents had not lived to see it. It was not what the children had been led to expect, because Mamma had been describing it in summer, not in the winter when the trees were bare and the lake frozen. And the house was dirty, certainly not the little palace they had expected, with warm fires in every room, and where were the servants?
Of the twenty or thirty servants who had served them before the war, there was only Antonina Stepanovna Ratsina, the children's nurse and governess, whom they had brought with them, Ivan Ivanovich, a giant of a man with a head of thick black hair and a beard to match, and his plump wife, Sima. They were there to welcome them, and had killed a chicken to make a dinner, though it soon became apparent that food was no easier to come by here than it had been in Petrograd, where long queues formed every day for what little bread there was. Two days later, Mikhail had left them to rejoin his regiment. With Ivan's help, Anna had cultivated the patch of earth closest to the house to feed them, knowing that, according to the new laws filtering down to them from the capital, it was no longer theirs to cultivate. Anything they did not eat was the property of the state and had to be had.